All right, it's good to be back. Um, welcome to part one of the 2022 Mega Season Preview Podcast with my friend Jeff Nagel. This episode, um, to be honest with you, is basically all about Tiger Woods. Um, and it's it's really not like any other podcast I've done before. It's um, it's definitely the most open and honest that I've been on a podcast. We delve into some topics that I don't usually get to talk about on other podcasts, but the reason that I wanted to do it, as you'll be able to tell from listening, is this is a really important topic to me. And I think the conversation that we have about this is uh, probably a lot different than most of the conversations you're going to hear about Tiger. Um, I don't know if that's a good thing, but it's definitely honest. And hopefully you guys enjoy it. And if not, that's completely fine too. And I will be back to breaking down golf courses next week. Uh, but all right. Without further ado, here we go. Okay, Jeff Nagel is here. He is the host of the famous Nagel's Bagels Wednesday live stream. He's also a frequent contributor to this podcast, disgruntled New York Giants fan, Taylor Swift expert, Xander Shoffley super fan, Washington football team whisperer, and also my close, close personal friend. Did I miss anything, man? How's that for an intro? That's not bad. That's not bad. That's uh, similar to uh, Apollo Creed's intro in Rocky IV. Uh, hopefully I don't get killed. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Taylor Swift, definitely. Washington football team whisperer. I like that. That's a new addition. And yeah, definitely disgruntled. Giants fan. Yeah, I got, a lot. Yeah, I got some stuff. I had my producer intro in Taylor Swift music at the beginning instead of my normal normal intro. So I was joking was you today. What was the song of choice? You want to guess? No. That's that's like 60 there's like 60 options. Well, I <laughs> I chose I chose something that I felt was relevant to the to the times. I don't want to kill you with dead air, so why don't you just tell me? So I went with all too well. Well, that's you know, yeah. That's well relevant to the times as the with the new release and everything else. Correct. That's I love that. Too. I love that ten minute version. We don't have to go into Taylor <laughs> right now, but I love that ten minute version. Saturday Night Live was freaking unbelievably incredible. I'm looking at her in a whole like different light now. She's a woman. Like it is. Whew. That I but I love that that I that was always my favorite song. Uh, pre, you know this. You know, uh, three months ago, that was my that was like the ultimate Taylor song to me. That was her Stairway to Heaven. That's her greatest masterpiece in terms of lyrics and everything else. And now there's more of it. It's unbelievable. And uh, I'm so happy to be alive when Taylor Swift is at her peak. I didn't. <laughs> I just, did. just, good Lord. She just hits all the hard strings, man. All right, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to say, I, I didn't intro in the full 10 minutes, but I, I, I got a little snippet in there. All right, good. Yeah. Well, we have to worry about copywriting issues, but you know, we'll be fine. I'm sure we'll be fine. I have a lawyer. Yeah, I have a lawyer. I, I drive by on Jake Gyllenhaal, but you know, <laughs> he'll, he'll get through it, I'm sure. All right. So here's the game plan today. We were originally supposed to record a majors preview episode on Monday night. And then the Tiger stuff broke on Monday and I texted you and I said, I want to cover some of the Tiger stuff on my podcast. I have a lot to say about it. It's a subject that is very uh, near and dear to my heart. And I found uh, Twitter 
isn't really the right platform or forum for me to express some of my feelings about it, but I didn't want to end up doing 40 minutes on Tiger at the top, and then we end up shortchanging all the major stuff. Um, so I thought we'd break it into two parts. So tonight we'll talk some Tiger. Uh, we'll get this out on Thursday, and then our big majors preview will come out next Tuesday or this coming Tuesday as originally scheduled. Sound like a plan? I'm in. I'm ready to go. All right. Let's lead with this. So I want to provide some context for this, obviously. Unless you've been living under a rock, you are now aware that uh, Tiger Woods has done not one but two interviews in the last two days. On Monday, our our friends at Golf Digest released a 40-minute interview uh, that he did with Golf Digest Henny Koyak. I was clamoring for powers to get the nod, but, uh, but Henny was excellent. And then on Tuesday morning, Tiger addressed the media at large at his charity event, the Hero World Challenge. So before we get into the conversation that I'm most interested in exploring, let's set the scene a little bit. What, what's your relationship to Tiger at this point in your life? Well, at this point in my life, I mean, Tiger and I, we're the same age. So I've been following Tiger since he was an amateur and have a lot of memories watching Tiger, like with my dad and my brother and all that stuff. But now, and even in, you know, in 2019, my father, my dad turned 70. And as a, as for his 70th birthday gift, me and my brother and sister and a couple of my, my, some other family members, uh, we all chipped in and we, me and my brother, we took dad to Augusta uh, for the first time. Uh, it was only for a Tuesday practice round, but it was the 2019 Masters. And, you know, that was always, the Masters was always my dad's favorite tournament. That was a bucket list thing for him. And we, that was something I've always wanted to do was bring my dad to Augusta. And we were able to do that. And it was unbelievable that, you know, that was the year the, the Tiger won five days later or whatever it was. And, you know, after he won that Masters, there was so much like, okay, now they're talking about catching Jack and all the rest of the majors set up so well for him. I think Pebble Beach was that summer. And, you know, there was always speculation well, if Tiger ever was going to win a major, it would be maybe the open championship if the conditions were right or whatever because of his style of play now. But I mean, you, you, that moment was so huge when he won the 2019 Masters, but you don't really – you think about it now as like that was like the final great Tiger moment, but you didn't think that at the time. So you're looking at it from today, and after, especially after everything that happened, like, yeah, that was, that was it. That was like, we have to come to grips with that. And, you know, now you have this whole generation of all these young golfers and Tiger's like, not an afterthought because he's fucking Tiger Woods, but it's not relevant to today's game. And it, Tiger's so freaking nostalgic, Andy. And yeah, I, you're, you're a lot younger than me, but somebody who's been watching this guy for freaking 25, 30 years or whatever it's been, like, yeah, at some point the show's over. But then you see Phil win the freaking PGA at 50. At 50. Or whatever it we is. Both, we both hated that for the future of golf. 
Great take, by the way. Yeah, great take. no one gets it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you get me, Andy. Um, but anyway, it's just uh, people don't want to let go. People, you know, kind of saw that with like Eli Manning at the end. It's like people don't want to let go like when it's over. But so now you just have to. I fuck. I love Tiger Woods. I'm so thankful. I just mentioned before about Taylor Swift. I'm so thankful that I was alive to during Tiger's during Tiger. And we're the same age. He's six freaking months older than I am. So I I'm just glad he's alive. I keep coming back to that. I don't care about a lot of the speculation, everything else. I had not like a I didn't have an argument, but I had a, a brief discussion with my brother after the swing video came out last week. And we were talking about odds and Tiger's 35 to one to win the masters. I'm like, I don't think he's going to play. And he's Kenny was giving me a hard time saying, Oh, Oh, that would be so great. I'm like, well, yeah, of course it would be great, but you know, he almost lost his leg. You're talking about almost losing your leg and he's going to play in the masters 13 months later or whatever it is. Like it's one chip. Like let's calm down. So I'm sorry. I'm talking too much. I'm firing all these takes off at the same time. I apologize. Uh, but what Tiger means to me now, I mean, Tiger means so much to me, but I can move on. I can, I, I'm not afraid to let go. I can let go. You threw in like 17 different takes in there that I wanted to address, but I'm was, sorry. I'm sorry. You got me going. I was basically just looking to find out, are you like a crazy Tiger super fan or have you kind of always been very appreciative of him and obviously a huge fan, but you're not like a, a crazy, he's, he's not, is he your guy? You know what I mean? Like it, like what brings you more joy, Xander winning the masters or tiger this next masters, if tiger plays in the 2022 masters, what brings you more joy, Xander winning or tiger winning? Dude, I had that dilemma in 2019. <laughs> Me too. I, know. I mean, <laughs> So Xander's leading on the 15th tee. I mean, and Tiger's sitting right there on the, you know, I guess he was on 13, 14, whatever it was. But, yeah, Xander lost that Masters. Pipe went into the trees and kind of got out of the way. And Tiger Woods won the fucking Masters. It's like, what kind of, yeah, that's, if that happened again, Jesus Christ, poor Xander. But <laughs> I would, uh, I'm, I'm human. How could I, like, if Tiger was ever in contention again at the Masters, I'd, 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 I'd sacrifice Xander for that. I would. Oh, wow. It's fucking Tiger Woods, dude. Am okay. I a crazy super fan? I mean, I don't, he's the, it's, it's Tiger Woods. Like, I don't. Does your generation not understand like what that yeah. means? I let me get into it. Yeah, okay. I understand exactly what it means. I could live without it, but if it happened, like I would be, that would be like the most unbelievable. That would be the most unbelievable sports story like of all time. More so, like more so than anything, it would dwarf the miracle on ice. I, this is. You know, it's not Buster Douglas beating Mike Tyson. It's like Buster Douglas's wife beating Mike Tyson. Like that, there would be no, there would be no like. The only guy I always had is 
leg amputated and comes back and wins the Masters. It's it's ridiculous to even think that that's even on the table. It's so, not. I got you. I, I I wanted to provide context. I got you going with that one. I want. <laughs> dude, I'm so fired up. You have no idea. I apologize to your audience and everybody else if I rambling on and on. I'm trying to be coherent. No, you're uh, doing great. I haven't had much prep for this, but. They're hitting me with these questions. It's like, I can't, like, Tiger or Xander. It's like, well, you need context for that. Xander will have plenty of opportunities other than, I, I hope, you know, in the next 10 years. If he has to give up a second Masters so Tiger Woods can win again, that would be great. It would bring me more joy than when Phil had his story at the PGA. I, I didn't care. I was, like, pissed. I it was great for Phil or whatever, but it kind of sucked for golf. Tigers, it's just another – it's not the same sport. It's not it's, – it's different. I'm with you. I'm with you. Okay. All right. I want to give some, I want to give some, some context, too, for, for my background with Tiger a little bit and why I care about this. So I want to talk about Tiger today for a couple of reasons. Um, yeah, first of all, he is my favorite athlete of all time. It's not close. He's the reason why this podcast exists. He's the reason why I have a job in in golf. He's the reason why I spent years 8 to 15 of my life traveling every weekend to play stupid junior golf tournaments. To me, he is one of the most fascinating, not just athletes, but public figures of the last century. I've probably written six to eight college papers on Tiger Woods for completely different classes. I've written a paper on Tiger Woods for a media studies class. I've written a paper on Tiger Woods for an ethics course. I've written a paper on Tiger Woods for a human sexuality course. Um, I've written a paper on Tiger Woods for a course on race in America. All of those are completely different subjects and Tiger applied to all of them. So I feel like I, I have a pretty good grasp on Tiger at this point in my life. And the reason why I want to do a podcast about him and stop engaging with people on Twitter about this is I don't think Twitter's the right place for some of these conversations with what's going on with Tiger right now. I think, you know, this deals with moral responsibility and, and ethical responsibility and social responsibility and the ethics of journalism and the ethics of law and race and fame and addiction. I could go on, but there's just, there's a lot of meat on that bone. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I'm very curious, uh, just that, li that list of just topics that you just mentioned, whether it be race and addiction and uh, ethics, I haven't, you seem to be like triggered, for lack of a better term, <laughs> by what people are saying that is uh, rocking you to your core, basically. I have no idea what people are saying. I don't get myself involved in some of these things. That's why I want to talk to you about it. I, so uh, what are people saying? There's a lot of meat on the bone, as you say. You could just take like a small little sliver. Yeah. What is, give me an example of a take that is, you know, getting, getting, getting the blood boiling a little bit. I'll get, I'll get right into it. So, you stayed pretty offline through all this, huh? I just don't care. Like, I just, I just don't. 
there, whatever opinions there are on, nobody's going to give an opinion about Tiger Woods. That's going to change my opinion and my relationship and what, the 1997 Masters, I had that on VHS tape forever. My dad watched that with my brother. I was in college. And when he hugged his dad and everything else, like that was, that was great. And the Tory Pines, and we were all on Father's Day. We were all watching together. Like we don't, these are like lifetime memories for me that I'm never going to forget. And like, no, this is, you're, this you're, is- you're a lot, okay, you're younger than I am. How old were you in 1996, 97? I was two. How, okay, no offense, but how could you share? You can't share that. You don't know what it was like. like At you, the beginning, of course. On the back no. end, what, 2007, 2008? Like things started to be a little bit more. Yeah, I would say that I really really got into golf in terms of the PGA tour. I'd, I'd been playing since I could walk, but in terms of the PGA tour, probably 08 Torrey Pines. Yeah. So you've had Tiger Woods in your life, your whole life. And that's great. But you've had Tiger Woods in your whole adult life is what you're saying. Yeah. Well, Tiger and I are the same age. So when he was yeah. 21, I was 21. Yeah. When he, that, I was in college when he won the masters. Like it was unbelievable. Like I'm in college and this guy's winning the fucking masters. It's uh but I remember we my family, we used to vacation uh down the Jersey Shore at the end of August every year. Uh it was our family vacation. And there was one year in nineteen ninety-six, I'm twenty years old, and my brother's thirteen, and we're supposed to be at the beach. It's a beautiful day, summer day. The Jersey Shore, our mother, my mother, uh, down at the beach, giving us shit because we're locked in watching this kid named Tiger Woods five down to this, was it Steve Scott or whatever the hell's in the USM? Yeah, and in, in uh, Portland, the Oregon. No, nah, like coming, this unbelievable kid. And we were watching Tiger Woods not going to the beach, start the USM. And like we were locked in, and then he turned pro and he had his moments, but he was just known like in the for golf fans. My buddies, they didn't know nobody really knew who he was. He didn't become a he didn't become Tiger Woods until that masters. I really believe that. And then it, everything changed. And now everybody I was the biggest star in the world, and everybody knows Tiger Woods, and he changed golf and everything. That was so incredible just to lived through as somebody who was a golf fan watching Curtis Strange and Paul Azinger and all these guys. And I was like some loser because I, I was watching, you know, the U S open in you know, 1985, but an entire comes along and it's like, Oh yeah, I know Tiger Woods. And all of a sudden I was like, I became like, oh, you know so much about golf. Like, yeah, well, I've been watching golf forever. You have no idea what this kid is doing. It's un- it was unbelievable. The guy took over the freaking world. And it got better from there. So I forget what the original question was, but what are the takes? Yeah, what okay. are the takes that are driving you crazy? Because I don't care what people are saying. What they're Nobody's going to say anything to – I'm not going to react that way. I, I- – 
I know. I got you. That's why I wanted to have this conversation with you. Fortunately for my job, I have to sit at a computer all day with tweet deck open, waiting to see if golf news is breaking and waiting to see what people are saying about it. Like I get paid to do that. That's so your job. Okay. I have a little bit of a, a little bit of a different relationship to it. But no, I I wanted to talk to you about this. A I have no idea where you stand on any of this. We didn't talk offline about it. I, that's what I wanted. I kind of wanted to kind of go in blind because I think that will make more of an interesting conversation. But to answer your question, the question that I kind of wanted to tackle that seems to have caused the biggest divide. Nagels, do you think Tiger owes the world an explanation for what happened the morning of that crash? It's probably the biggest question I would start with. That's probably the one that is probably the most at the forefront of, of people's minds. Does he owe he owes people an explanation? Should he be transparent about what happened that morning? I think it's kind of foolish to expect otherwise. Tiger's never been open or no, 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 no. He's kind of been full of shit his whole life. Like, why, why would people think that he's going to be an open book and say whatever? No, I don't. I don't think. I don't think anyone thinks he's going to do it. It's more, should he do it? What, for our own edification? Or for, like, for him? In general. Is it, is it his responsibility? I don't think so. I hope I'm not upsetting you. But no, you're fine. This I don't, is good. I don't think... What difference would it make? Like, oh, what? I think you're so wrong. Okay, great. I'm great. I'd love for you to disagree. What difference would it make? Like why you could think whatever you want, what happened that night or that morning. It doesn't change the result. It doesn't change the outcome. Do you, if, if you, if he, I asked, I would ask myself this question. If he came out and said what happened, would that affect my opinion? Would that make me like disregard all the, the memories. I mean, he's been through a scandal before. Couple. I know that he cheated on his wife and he had all those girls on the side and he was not the real, what was, what wasn't the same person of the image that he represented. And I just don't care. I don't care if he comes back and plays in a real tournament, or even if he doesn't, he doesn't have to play. He doesn't have to do anything. He could just retire and not do anything. I, I'm good. I got my fill. I, I've accepted it. I can let him move on and live his life and be a dad and hang out with his son and help his son, whatever his son wants to do. I don't care. But am I going to sit there with a pitchfork and say, you have to tell us what happened that day? Who cares? I just I can make up my own story of whatever happened. It's not going to change anything for me. I'm I'm sorry if you disagree with that. You're entitled to your opinion. Why do you feel the need that he has to he should come clean? Why does he have to come clean? First of all, I'm not saying standing- explain. <laughs> I'm not standing there with the pitchfork. And by the way, I agree with you. I don't. I think it's foolish to assume that he ever would. If if you know anything about Tiger Woods, it's just not who he is. He's not. He's not going to do that. But I think that the most important piece here that people are failing to 
look at is when you're operating a large automobile on a public road, and I live in that area, I've driven on that road many times. It's Hawthorne Boulevard. It's a, it's a very public road with a lot of traffic. He's incredibly lucky he didn't kill anyone or kill himself for that matter. When you make the decision to get behind the wheel, your reach is society now. It's not like, hey, I'm going to go take a bunch of Vicodin and cheat on my wife. Like That's personal. This is not personal. Like when you hop on a road, a public road, it's not personal. It's everyone's business. And that's kind of like, <laughs> did you see the, uh, did you see the Lou Brown tweet? My new Twitter friend, Lou Brown. With the airbags for the golf cart? No, 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 no. Different one. That was, that was <laughs> a different one. No, he said, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a whole other thing. But he said, he said, if he wants to get, I quote, excuse the profanity, if he wants to get fucked up on pills and being porn stars, Godspeed, but incapacitated at the wheel on three separate occasions is everyone's business. And that's kind of where I stand too. It's like, if you read the reporting, I did a little research today. I was just kind of curious about what the police reporting was. There's actually some really good reporting in the New York Times about it. It's like a joke. Like it, like a couple of journalists are like, what the fuck is going on here? He should be in handcuffs, right? And so my only point with the situation is, look, he's never going to say anything. That's fine. My argument is he should. It doesn't mean it's going to happen, but he should. I think it's his moral, social, and ethical responsibility to be honest about that and answer questions like, hey, this is my plan with driving. I haven't been able to form a coherent sentence on three separate occasions when I'm behind the wheel of a public road. Like, I'm going to, this is my plan with driving, right? Or, or this is what I'm doing going forward. You know what I mean? And that, yeah. that's, my, that's my only point with this. So that, that would be my pushback. Okay. All right. I want to be clear to the audience that I think that is a fair take that if you're going to go with the, 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 the angle that he shouldn't be getting behind the wheel impaired, I would obviously, yeah, okay. I would agree with that. Is this a situation where uh, like uh, two things can be true or whatever that expression is? Sure, yeah. That, do you think he's not taking any accountability for what happened? No. Not saying what happened? You don't think he feels any remorse? You don't think I don't that, know. He that he made a mistake or the fact that this happened a couple of years after the DUI that he had, that maybe he just hasn't learned his lesson and he's being arrogant about it. Do you think he's being arrogant about it? I mean, that's not, that's not for me to say. I think we can oh. all, I, I, the point is, is I have no idea where he's at in look to give some background. We talked about this a little bit off air. I think this whole conversation gets kind of framed by the speculation of, in terms of public record, there's still no actual proof that he was whatsoever under the influence of anything during that police uh, when he crashed because nothing has been released, right? Okay. Nothing, nothing came out. The toxicology reports were released, right? But I think a fair assumption based on anyone who watched the 
I, I don't think it's unfair to assume, ba- assume based on his history and based on how he looked at at the Genesis that maybe there might have been something else involved. And as you know, I have a guy close to the situation that has confirmed that a little bit to me. And that's not breaking any news or anything. I think that's what everyone already thinks, right? So with this situation, it's like, go back to the original. What was the original question? I just got like completely lost. I just don't think, fine, we fine. We can assume that he was under the influence in some capacity, whatever it was. But what does that have to do with him showing remorse? Oh, I, yeah, I remember. Okay. Just being accountable. No, no, no. Okay, fine. You say you you don't have a pitch for it, but you are on the side of you want to know what happened, how come he's got a responsibility to tell everybody what happened. But what does that have to – like he can – you can think that he has a responsibility to – I'm not going to be able to make this – say this sentence. I just (laughs) – It's fine. And no, it's like uh, it's tough. It's it's a complicated. I like I was just like as soon as I started talking about it too. Like I lost my train of thought a little bit because it's it's a complicated conversation, and that's why I kind of led with what I led with about like this. There's a lot of meat on this bone, and so it's there's a lot to unpack. And and I, I'm with you, man. I'm I'm following. Yeah, he just. I don't think he has to say what happened that's not going to absolve what actually happened. That's not going to make you feel any better. And I'm not getting the impression that he's not regretful or that he doesn't think that he made a mistake. Like Tiger's made a million mistakes before and we've forgiven him for all of them. Is this like a last straw situation? I think we're just so happy that, He's lucky to be alive. He knows that he's lucky to be alive. The punishment for what happened is going to be his career. And like, I don't know why yeah. anybody, well, and I'm, not, well, I'm not just pointing this out to you, but I'm, I don't know why anybody would just be demanding of finding out whatever the truth is. It sh- wouldn't change anything. It wouldn't, it wouldn't change anything if you knew what the truth was. Yes, there's speculation, but he's not going to feel more responsibility or for, feel more remorseful or feel less guilty if the truth comes out. doesn't matter. Everybody's already made up what they think happened, and we're just happy that he's alive. We've come to grips with that. If he died and... Therefore, there was a toxicology report because there was a death or a fatality and we knew the truth. Well, thank God. At least we know the truth now. Well, no, but fucking Tiger Woods is dead now, you asshole. I'd rather not know the truth than him be alive. I don't know. I don't care. I don't care. He doesn't have to say anything. He doesn't have to say anything. It wouldn't change anything if he did. That's my only that's the point I'm trying to make. And I don't know why you think, or you, maybe not Andy Lack you, but I don't know why people would think it would change anything. What would it change? That's what I want to know. What would it change? 
Okay. Well, first of all, again, a lot to unpack with with that take right there. Listen, it's not about it's not about punishing him. Nagel's I'm, I'm not trying to punish him. Actually, let me let me ask you one more question. Don't go on for a million years about this one, but do you think if Tiger got honest about this and said something along the lines of I struggled with substances around the time of the crash. I've had 37 back surgeries and obviously my health is somewhat dependent on being able to take medication or I will be in excruciating pain. In the past couple of months, I've seeked a lot of help and I'm on the road to recovery and I'm doing a lot better only taking the medication as prescribed or I'm clean for it and I'm not getting behind the wheel when I'm on the medication. Like, how do you think that would be perceived? Because it seems like you think like that's going to be bad for him. And so why would he want to say that to tarnish his image anymore? Like what's in it for him? What's in it for us? Andy. I I don't think it's going to be bad. You think it's going to be bad? Anybody. I don't. Listen, I'm probably going to come across as insulting. (laughs) I apologize. Not to you, but, but anybody with a half a brain, they already know that. They already know that. This is not a like this is not a surprise. His image is already tarnished. It was destroyed the night of Thanksgiving night. The night of the nine iron or whatever it was. Yeah. It was over then. There was no this was not surprising. So nobody who has a pitchfork? Who's mad at Tiger Woods? Who's who's been insulted? Who's been who doesn't love them? The people got their people got their pound of flesh in 2015 or whatever year that was of the the the. You night still of the- you still are framing this conversation like people want to play gotcha and and punish him. That's not even remotely how I'm framing this conversation. Like not even it's not about getting. I don't think anyone's. Out, I can only speak for myself. I don't think anyone's out for a pound of flesh on Tiger Woods. It's more about does a human who resides on planet Earth have an ethical responsibility to do something like that when you could have killed someone? That it's that's more what it's about. No one's trying to say gotcha, and that's the point that I was trying to make earlier. It seems like the people that think, yeah, we want some answers to this. It's your social responsibility to provide the public with some answers with this when you're falling asleep behind the wheel of a public road. But that's not, I'm out to get you. If your buddy did that, I'm not going to look the other way, Nagels. You know what I mean? Like if, if you did that to you, I consider you a friend now, right? If, so. Yeah, of course. If we're driving to Torrey Pines, and we spend the whole day at the U.S. Open together. And the day later, you at 8 a.m. in the morning, you do what Tiger does. You just chill on Sunday. I don't, I don't think that's right. I don't think that's right. And it's not about being out to get you. In fact, looking the other way and acting like nothing happened and it doesn't happen, I think that's actually pretty, I think that's actually pretty fucking whack. Not just as a friend, but like in media and stuff like that. Like, it's like, come on. And to be fair, a lot, almost all of the golf journal journalists that I follow and I have a ton of respect for are on the side of, we should, we deserve answers. So I, I don't want to say that. I don't want to like group golf media into something, but 
because most of the guys that I really respect are on that side of like, this is fucking ridiculous. Like <laughs> we deserve answers, but it's not, you're talking to me like I'm trying to play gotcha with him. I'm trying to play gotcha with him, Nagels. Okay. That's, that, that, that's fair. I think, you know, thinking about this, this conversation or just this topic, the way you're framing it with a, a moral obligation and maybe it's a sensitive thing because it sounds a lot like the vaccination conversation that you or people are having these days. Uh, me? <laughs> no, I'm saying like, that is a, that is a thing people argue about. I mean, that's indisputable. The vaccinated yes. versus the unvaccinated and the, that the whole conversation I do not want to talk about. Yeah. But this conversation has like those types of tones when you started to talk about moral responsibility and putting others in danger. And like you just hear these things like, oh, I've heard that recently. Oh, I heard that recently. It's like it just puts people on edge. And uh, and you're talking about golf media and you know, Tiger is where golf media's bread is buttered, man. And <laughs> You have to, you really got to take some of that into consideration. And yeah, there are some people that want to, that want to know the truth because they don't want to speculate on the truth, but we're past that time. Like real journalism is, doesn't really exist anymore. It's it's like, it's get the story, make up a story, speculate, and people are going to run with it. So I just, I, yeah, fine. You're not playing gotcha. If Tiger wants to come out and give you all his answers, great. I, I, I'd love to see it, but I don't, I don't require that because I don't, I just don't have those expectations. And I don't, I can't say I don't care because you're putting it in a frame, a mindset of, like if this, if, if he was driving around like in a school zone and it affects kids, like I care, I like kids. I, I understand like that, that take and I'm not giving him a pass. <laughs> I'm not giving him a pass for that. And if he got away with something here, like, yeah, that's pretty messed up and no one's above the law. And, but on the flip side, yeah, I'm glad he's alive and I'm glad nobody got killed. And if, so if he did kill somebody, or if he did die, I just think that the the conversation obviously would be different. Maybe the punishment would be different. The story would be different. And we could just be thankful that none of that stuff happened. So knowing the outcome, knowing how things are ended nine, nine months later, however long it's been, I can live with not knowing all the facts because the only facts are, are important to me is that nobody died he didn't lose his leg and that's and he might have a a substance abuse problem of some kind that i'm sure he's aware of that he needs to get in check and he probably will or he won't i don't know i hope he doesn't kill anybody in the future or himself <laughs> there you go I, I don't know what else i can say about that particular meat on yeah, that yeah, ball. Yeah. Yeah, I got you. Okay. All right. Well, <laughs> let me, let me throw this at you then. Throw, let me throw this at you then. I'll frame it differently. So let me share, you got time for a story? 
I love stories. All love right. Stories. So, so I'm going to share a quick personal aside for kind of touching on the last thing you said is like, I don't know if he's okay. I hope he's okay. Like, I hope he doesn't kill anyone. We'll see what happens, you know? So the reason why I think it's kind of important for him to be transparent about this and why I also think he's missing an opportunity. Like I said, like, I, I think a lot of people view this as if he's transparent, it's a bad thing for his image. I, I just don't agree with that in 2022. But here's what I mean by I think he's missing an opportunity. So as you know, my friend, I've struggled with addiction before. It happened when I was in college. I was supposed to play golf in college. But since I was a kid, I really wanted to go to Duke Nagels. And even though Duke wasn't one of those places that recruited me to play golf, I still didn't care because I really wanted to go to school there. And when I got in, I talked to the coach and he basically told me, yeah, you could probably walk on and make the team, but you wouldn't be good enough to play very much, if at all. And he was right. I remember playing a practice round with some of the guys on the team and I was floored with how good they were. And so when I got on campus, my original plan was I'm going to grind my ass off. I'm going to make this team. I'm going to get better. And I got to college and I remember meeting people for the first time and going to parties. And I realized that those two things, having a social life and being on that golf team, I couldn't have both. And that's not even considering the actual school aspect of it, which was the queer third priority for me at the time. So I said, so I said, fuck it. I'm not going to play on that team anyway. I'm just going to join a frat. And pretty quickly, I got introduced more so to drugs and I was doing a lot of drinking too. And by freshman spring, I was basically failing out of college. I didn't really play golf anymore, uh, despite playing every day for pretty much my entire life. And I had reached a point where it was very rare for me to spend a waking moment of the day not under the influence of some substance at 19 years old in college. And things got very dark for me very quickly. There's a lot of pain and darkness and hopelessness that, you know, I truly would wish on anyone. Your world kind of gets really small and you kind of forget about things that you love, like golf and the people that you love. And your existence pretty much just becomes like, how can I get high today and nothing else? And luckily, I had the means to go to rehab and get better and do the work. And now it's been over four years since I've had a drink or a drug. And I'm very open about it. I'm not ashamed of it. I still go to Vegas with my friends and party. Many of my friends still do a bunch of drugs. It doesn't bother me one bit, like at all. And it was tough. It was tough at the beginning, right? But I promise you, you know, if you're struggling and it feels like all you can think about every second of every day is drugs and alcohol, especially with something as chemically addictive as opioids, me and Tiger liked the same stuff, you can come out on the other side and live completely freely and happily. And I promise that. And I'll never forget, this is where it ties into Tiger Nagels and the good that I think he could do by being transparent about whatever he's struggling with. So one of my fraternity brothers was a guy named Matt, and he was the son of Rob Lowe, the actor. Are you familiar with the actor Rob Lowe, Nagels? Dude, yes. Okay. I, I had to ask. Okay. Big so Wesley fan. Sam okay. Yeah. okay, great. All right. Well, I had to ask. So you're familiar with Rob Rowe. So Rob, Rob's son well, is my buddy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm familiar with Rob Love. So so Rob's son is my buddy. And Rob well, came cool. Rob came to our fraternity a bunch of times and he would party with us. And he was the coolest guy ever. 
and he was the life of the party, and he controlled. Oh, yeah, just, I would hope so. Yeah, well, just just hang on. He controlled pretty much like every room that he entered. He was just the man, and I remember that moment that I realized that this entire fucking time, that every time he came over and did all this stuff with us, he was dead sober. And it, it blew my fucking mind. It blew my fucking mind. I could not imagine having that much fun, being the life of the party, being so comfortable in your own skin without any alcohol, any drugs, nothing. I mean, you genuinely did not notice that he wasn't drinking because this sounds really corny, but he was so high on life, right? And he speaks very openly about that. He's he's sober now. And he wrote a whole autobiography that deals with a lot of that. And I would encourage people to check it out. He's got a crazy story. Anyway, I didn't really have the balls to ask him or say anything like, fuck, man, like, how do you do that? Like, how is that possible? Mm-hmm. But I remember every single time towards the beginning when I felt hopeless and I felt like I was never going to be able to live without drugs or alcohol, I always thought about Rob Lowe. <laughs> and again, I've never told him this, um, but he played a really pivotal role in, in giving me hope and saving my life. And that's the thing with this tiger situation, Nagels. It's like, yeah, does he have to be open about it? No. Like he doesn't have to be open about it, but man, like, <laughs> The amount of influence he could have just by sharing his story of recovery, because clearly he's done some recovery, right? He looks great. And yeah. you can't you can't watch that Riviera interview and then watch that Golf Digest interview and say he's a different I mean, it was the happiest I've ever seen him looking. And me and, and it wasn't like I'm happy because I'm, you know, all met it up. It was like, no, I'm happy because I'm watching my son play golf and that brings me an immense amount of joy. I'm happy I'm able to walk today and be a dad to my two beautiful kids. And fuck, man, he can, I just, I think he could have a really big impact if he got honest about this shit. And whether it's his responsibility to help people as a public figure, again, that's a different conversation that deals with ethical Isn't responsibility and utility. Okay. I mean, it deals with ethical responsibility and, and all utilitarianism and all that stuff. But Listen, if you don't think that one of the five most influential athletes in the history of sports being transparent about this is both a good thing for him, but also a good thing for society, when we're in the middle of a fucking opioid crisis, like, I don't, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know what else to tell you. Yeah. Okay. Can I, can I talk about this? That was a lot there. That was a lot there. I, that was a lot there. just, Just hear me out. Okay. Yeah. I've never been in any type of meeting for any type of addiction. So I don't know that world. You could argue maybe I should have been in like a GA meeting of some kind at some point in my life, but I never got myself to that point. So I, uh, I truly respect that angle. I'm not sitting here. I don't, I don't have those shared experiences. My, my shared experiences with Tiger are sports-related, relationship with father-related, relationship with kids-related. Those are the things I have in common with Tiger. When you're talking about somebody of his magnitude, 
Now, whether it be standing up for anything, whether it be opioid addiction or, I mean, I hate to, I hate to like, we're talking about it. I'm not trying to make it, it's, I'm, whether it's, it's not opioid political. addiction or sex addiction or police brutality or his, his thoughts on political affiliations. He's or, not that guy. No, I, Okay, Andy, I know that. I know he's not that guy. And it's Michael Jordan went through this. Tiger Woods has gone through this. I think it is – there's a million causes out there. There's a million good causes. There's a lot of different types of cancer. There's a, there's a lot of causes out there. There's not enough attention to enough causes out there, and it's – Somewhat unfair to put an onus on any celebrity to say, how come you don't talk about this enough? Yeah. It's not fair because everybody has their own charities and causes and hopefully there's enough to go around for everybody. And, you know, Republicans buy sneakers too, or whatever that quote yep. was Jordan yeah. back in the Jordan. Yeah. I can understand and I can appreciate a take of, Tiger could do a lot for this community if he just said something. I I respect the shit out of that. I don't want to come across as that's a bad uh, that's you'd be that would be it just you'd be foolish to say oh no that's a bad take. No, that's a tremendous take. But he, he doesn't have to. I I, he I have to, but it, and it'd be nice if he did. Yeah, that's and it. That's I, all I'm saying. I, where you're going with that? And I'm you're not wrong. You're not wrong. And it, yeah, it would be it would it would be lovely if he like got out front got out in front of it. It wasn't a corporate robot. It wasn't protecting his interests. And yeah, but again, it doesn't it doesn't affect me. You know, it might affect you because you've been through that, and it, it means more to you. And I re, and I understand that. I, I have to I have to think of something that I give a shit about. That like what I care like I've just maybe it's my age maybe it's just because I don't I'm getting old and I I don't I don't I, I I try not to pay too much attention to the to the bullshit and everything is so fake and nothing is authentic anymore so you just I just tune everything out I'm gonna get off my lawn guy now I don't want to be <laughs> a lawn guy but I am because I don't care because nobody knows what the fuck they're talking about most of the time anyway so. I don't know where I was going with that. I No, I, you're good, man. This is why you're a frequent contributor to my my <laughs> podcast. I like having these conversations with you. I think we're I think we're good together because I think we bring two separate perspectives. And I think you're right. And I think we're on the same page for the most part. I, I think I, I, I think yeah. we're on the same page. And listen, I don't expect him to do it. I, I actually I clarified that very clearly about how I do think it is a conversation, a different conversation in terms of ethical responsibility of people in a position of power. Like that's a political conversation. That's a, there's just, there's a lot of meat on that bone too. And I'm not trying to dive into that. And I know who Tiger Woods is and I've, you know, I've written papers on this too. This is, we're talking about the same guy who he's completely silent during black lives matter. I don't think he's ever endorsed a political candidate. He didn't even make a statement when Lee fucking Elder died, right? So 
he's not interested in thinking that way. And that's fine. That is fine. Like I, I understand that and I'm okay with that. Um, my point is, man, there's not that many people on planet earth that command the attention of a room the way that Tiger Woods does. So I need to ask your question. I need to ask your question. I'm not a big uh, NBA fan. I know you are. Yeah. yeah, huge. Uh, True or false. Uh, LeBron James has come out and taken a stand about certain things. Big time. He's been huge. That's true. Giannis too. Uh, A bunch of guys have been huge. The NBA has been really good. Chris Paul, all those guys. Okay. But don't like most people. There's a lot of LeBron haters out there. Isn't that correct? Yeah, I think there's a lot of reasons for that. I don't think it's You don't think it's you don't think the two are related. Well, of course they're related and that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm asking. So got one guy, we got LeBron James, one of the biggest one of the biggest stars in the world, taking a stand and half the people hate him. And you got Tiger Woods say anything. But the the opioid this isn't political. I mean everything's political, right? But like everything is political. Yes. Okay. That I mean but you just, Andy, I'm only mentioning it because you mentioned he never endorsed yeah. the political candidate. He doesn't get involved. He doesn't, he doesn't take a side. No, Whether, never. He never talks about his relationship with Donald Trump. You know, he, he, he's just, he's a robot. He's a robot. And that he's always been a robot. He's been programmed since he was fucking eight years old, three years old. That's just the way he, it is. And does it suck? Yeah, there are aspects of it that suck. But then are then there's the 2019 Masters. And you have to value you have to determine if that's important to you or not. There are, I have family members, women that didn't give a shit that Tiger Woods won the 2019 Masters. It had nothing to do I mean it had everything to do with well, we know who he is now and they can't Get behind that. There are people. There are celebrities that I love. That if certain scandals came about with them, it would break. It would pain me. It would break my heart. But I would have to disown them. Everybody has their own where where oh that oh this person's involved with that. Well, you know what? Fuck that guy. You know this cancel culture. But sometimes it's not. It's it's more cancel culture could be a joke. This is more serious than that. This is like, you know, like this happened to Joe Paterno in some circles. You know, there was a tipping point. It's like, you know what? Can't get behind Penn State anymore. Gonna take a little break. But there are other people that are like, nah, that's fine. No big deal. Let's go, Nittany Lions. It's fucking, it's unbelievable, man. People suck. So. <laughs> Why argue? Why argue? Why even just keep just keep it to yourself? Now you're doing a podcast for telling the world what we think. <laughs> Fine, maybe don't keep it to yourself tonight. But it's like, yeah, I can't, I can't get into it with people. So, <laughs> okay, I'm sorry, Andy. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm rambling. I'm fired up. You're good. I love Tiger. I'm glad he's alive. I don't know. I'm, me too. What else you got? We're <laughs> we're both glad he's alive. And like I said, I my only point with all this, we wrapped around a lot of things and touched on a, ro- a lot of things very.
broadly and, and some very specifically as well. But if there's one takeaway that I want the listeners to have, it's yes, I think it'd be really nice if he talked about it and more show shared his success story um, because he looks like he's doing great. And he seems like he has a lot of perspective <laughs> about his well, career. I, I think his team is, is telling Coaching him otherwise. Him. I, I just, yeah, I, I just, why he's he, why is he not doing that? I mean, I don't know the, the real answer to that, but I mean, is that the biggest takeaway you're getting? Or is that like blowback you're getting on Twitter? That people are telling you he doesn't, he doesn't owe you anything? Are you getting that? Um, what are you getting on Twitter? What's going on on Twitter? I, like I said, like there's the overwhelming sentiment from the journalists that I follow and, and like my friends is he should say something about this, right? And like those, again, like we're not people with pitchforks, but... Uh-huh. Yeah, there are some people that I think b- fully believe that Tiger, we don't want Tiger to say anything. Um, he doesn't have to say anything. Um, there's no point in him saying anything. And and my only point was, wait a minute, like there's a there, there could be a really big point in him saying something. I think you need to look at the situation at a more macro, macro level. I think it's pretty ignorant to say it doesn't matter if he doesn't say anything, right? I, I think you just like, you need to look at it a little bit at a bigger scale. So that that's kind of the point that I'm making. He's not going to do it. It's a moot point. Like we're, we're speaking in hypotheticals and that's essentially what podcasting is, right? But my point is, would do I think like if we're having the debate, should he or shouldn't he? I am on the fence of should he? But like I said, it's complicated and it's nuanced and it's not black and white. And I think anybody that looks at this and thinks the other person, you know, their opinion is just completely stupid, then that's not right because there's a lot of color to this conversation. There's a lot of meat on that bone, as I keep saying. So again, like, yeah, I fall on that side, but I ultimately, I just think it's an interesting conversation. Uh, well, obviously, we've been talking about it for how long now? I have to say that I never looked at it through the eyes of an addict, to put it bluntly. And when we started this conversation, the first thing I said was, like, I didn't, do, you, do I think you asked me if I thought Tiger should say anything? I said, well, I don't care. And after looking at it and talking about it with you and hearing it through that, through that lens, you know, Andy, I'm I'm a I'm an equal sides guy. You know, I'm like, I can listen to both. I can take in facts and make a decision based on what I hear, and I like to be fair. And that's a good that's a good angle. I have to be honest. I didn't put a lot of time into thinking about. And yeah, he could do a lot of good with that. I don't want to come across as somebody that's just gonna. You're agree not. With you're not. Access. You're not. Um, I never I never really gave it that much thought, and. This conversation has caused me to give it a little bit of thought, and it's a fair take. It's a fair take, and yeah, he could do. He could, yeah, he could do some good with that. That be a fool to be a fool to argue that. So, and I'm sitting here like a fool arguing that. No, so. you're not. And he's not going to do it. And I'm still really proud of him. I'm still really proud of him. And I think yeah. two things can be mutually exclusive. I can believe that. Tiger That's the expression I was looking for before. 
Okay. I got you. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's like the main point here is I, I can believe that Tiger should talk about what happened that day. And I could also just be really fucking happy that he's alive and able to be a dad to Sam and Charlie. There you go. Well said. Well said. Uh, I've, I've thought about this a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. You had some thoughts. You told me you had some thoughts. Was there, uh, was there anything else that you, like, you want to talk about playing? Uh, there's like, la- yeah, there's like, la- there's like quick hitters we can do at the end. Do you think he wins another major? No. Do you think no, he wins? Do you think he, do you think he wins another tournament? No. I think, I think, I guess it's kind of the same question, right? Based on what he said is you have to kind of assume like what tournaments do you think he plays outside of the major father, son, the PNC father, son, like what if Charlie's like a stick? Yeah, he is a stick. (laughs) And he's dragging his dad around playing best ball over two days. Like, yeah, maybe dude, the the PNC father, son would outdraw like, (laughs) <laughs> and like that's the only tournament he plays every year. That would be like the fifth major. Uh the PNC father son. Well, well able- if if he's healthy, like if he's healthy next year, like in, in 2023, and he's healthy, do you think he plays five do you think he plays the players every year? No. No. Really? I, I don't I'm doubtful that he will ever be the same and i'm doubtful this is kind of similar to the conversation well but this is what i was thinking when i was talking to my brother he's talking about him playing in the masters i'm like you know tiger he he plays to win he's not going to be some ceremonial golfer i don't think i mean this is i this was from the swing video this is before any interview or news conference i said i mean he almost had his leg take amputated you need your legs to play golf. He just, if he's hitting it 280 off the tee, cause he just can't do it anymore. It's over and that's okay. And we need to like start to, he won't be able to compete on that level. And that's okay. If he can play in some exhibitions or whatever, and we could see him on TV, that'd be fabulous. But we're talking to like people mock golf or whatever, but four days of walking those golf courses with one leg, you get get a special tiger clause after Casey Martin had his leg amputated, that we're going to have a special tiger clause, and now he's going to be able to ride a golf cart around so he can compete in tournaments. I want to put that past the PGA Tour, but no, I think he's done. I think he's done. And I said that after the swing video with my brother, and – Two days later, three days later, he's talking about how, well, I climbed, climbed Mount Everest before, and I just don't think I have the body to be able to climb Mount Everest again. I was like, yeah, I just fucking told my brother that a couple of days ago. Like, it's, I, think it's, I think it's naive. It would be the greatest thing ever just for him to compete, to come back, to come all the way back. But like win? Come on, man. That's ridiculous. That's just, that is ridiculous. I, but Phil just won the fucking PGA. I, I was so going to say. What I, the I, hell? Well, it is golf. But I think it's done. I, I was going to say, that's why I was surprised about your Xander question. Because I, I view it similar to Phil. 
I, I view the take that we have about Phil similar to Tiger. Like the worst possible thing for the future of the sport is Tiger hobbling around at the Masters and shooting 74 and 75. But coverage for Friday and uh, Thursday and Friday is every single shot he hits. Like coverage is, it's a it's a zero sum, right? Like that time that you're spending on Tiger, the time that your best journalists and people are are spending on Tiger, like it's taking away from people like Colin Morikawa and Will Zalatoris and Matthew Wolf and Victor Hovland and stuff like that. And so that's why I would have answered the question that I posed you at the beginning. Like, no, nah, I'm, I'm, I when what Tiger did in 2019. I think it was probably the greatest sports moment of my life. I think it was probably the happiest I've been ever watched. I guess like the only other thing that maybe comes close was um, not even the giant Super Bowls, man, but like the 08 Tory Pines. Cause that was like my first real introduction. And at that time I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to be a professional golfer and stuff like that. But I'm so good. I like wish you retired. I'm so good. I'm so good. I'm so what he kind of went out on top, right? I mean, it's hard to, I know he played a couple of times after, I mean, he played a bunch of times after he won the 2019 masters and wasn't great, but I don't know. I still like, I'm, I feel like that chapter ended pretty nicely. And I think he has the ability to enter a new phase in golf. You know what I mean? Like, I think he's still has a lot of opportunities to be very much a part of the game without competing in tournaments. And let, I want my dad to like know who Morikawa is. You know what I mean? Like, I want the guy who's 70 and watches CBS every weekend, like show a bunker shot from Zalatoris who's in third place instead of Phil like walk going to the bathroom you know what i mean and and i think that's kind of that's that's kind of where where we stand on this a little bit okay all right all right it's it's hard for me i i i I understand what you're saying it's hard for me to tie into uh frustration with golf coverage with (laughs) of like two of the all-time greats that's a that's a tough that's a tough reach for me ah if Tiger played the Masters, like the Masters might be a bad example because we have alternate feeds that yeah, we can, you're right. We can watch what we want to watch there. Uh, so maybe just the U.S. Open would be a better example. I don't think it's gonna. I don't think that's gonna be a problem. I don't think Tiger's gonna put himself in that situation. I really don't. I don't think he's gonna play just the majors. Like those are the hardest fucking golf tournaments of the year. Wait, Long so you don't, you don't you don't think he'll play at all? Really? You think he? I just he even he said he's like not even fifty percent. I think he's got too much pride for that. I don't think he's going to. It's. I just don't think it's worth. It's going to be. He can't get there, and if he can't get there, then what's he putting himself through that for? Because he wants to give back to the sport that gave him so much. Give me a fucking break. The guy's, he is the sport. He made the sport what it is. <laughs> the sport owes him. He doesn't owe the sport anything. I agree. So like, <laughs> with you, like for the love of the game or everything, like it's going to hurt. He's going to be in pain. And he had fucking like seven back surgeries. Let's not forget that. He's got one leg. <laughs> He's 
falling apart at the seams. And Raw and Paul trying to like glue them back together and say, yeah, go tackle Augusta for four days. Here's John Robb and Morikawa and Sander and DJ and JT and Speed. And, yeah, go ahead. 35 to 1. Go win the Masters. What the fuck are we talking about? It's not going to happen. It's over. It's sad. We've gotten 20-something years out of the guy. But it's over. And that's okay. And I'm not afraid to say it's over and say, oh, Nagel in 2021 said Tiger was done and he won the 2024 Masters. Fucking bring back this podcast, play back this tape, and say, wow, Nagel, you were wrong. What a douche. Yeah, hand up. My bad. I got this one wrong. I'd be proud to say that, but I got it wrong. I'm not afraid to say it and think, oh, this might come back to haunt me. It's not going to come back to haunt me. It would be the greatest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life if he comes back and wins a major or even competes in a major. Competes, not drag his leg around and shoot 85 Thursday and Friday. I mean competes, has a moment, gets the crowd. Another Tiger moment of any kind would be unbelievable. And I'm not talking about the father-son which would be the greatest father-son challenge of all time if he competed it. <laughs> Let's just see. Let it play out, as I like to say, Christopher Powers. Let it play out. You don't know what's going to happen, but let's not set the bar a little bit too high the way I've been seeing some things. All right. I'm sorry. No, you're good. Yeah, I think I think if you want to read between the lines a little bit in, in what he's saying, I think he's uh, – I think there's a school of thought that like he's setting his expectations lower. And and I think like, you know, maybe he's going to do more. And I also think there's a school of thought where he's way farther back than um, even he's suggesting with the idea of I'm with you because I I feel the same way. I I don't want to, I don't want to see him uh, if he doesn't believe that he can compete. And I agree. I do believe that he has enough pride uh, that he is only going to do it if if he believes he can win. So Did we're gonna we'll see what happens. From, I'm sorry. Did you glean anything from that chipping video or swing video? My brother says that he wouldn't have posted that if he didn't have the intention of coming back. Like, he read a lot into that. Like, did you read anything into that video, or like, do you take that with a grain of salt? Where where well, are you on? Well, well, there's there's been more. Did you? There's a one that came out that came out like two or three hours before we started recording where he was, he was hitting balls in, in uh, the Bahamas too. I, I think that I think tiger, like <laughs> similar to the way that it's kind of hard to take tiger at his word when it comes to matters of sobriety. I think he's been always pretty honest about golf matters. Right. And I think he probably, my takeaway is he's at where he's at right now, where he's trying. And I don't think he knows, but he's trying and he, he wants to make a comeback and he wants to be able to compete at the highest level, but he's also tempering his expectations because he's had a lot of surgeries and he just doesn't know. But I do, I do fully think that he's making an effort. Like I do, I do think that he is working and trying and, and, you know, we'll see what happens. I don't think he knows, to be honest with you. It's a fair take. That's a good take. I like that. That's fair. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that, that could all be true. And that's, there's nothing wrong with that being, being true. That's not setting the bar too high. That's not outlandish. That's, that's a good fair take. 
Good job, Andy Lack. This is why you're good. <laughs> okay. We're doing this again in like three days. I know. Uh, I can't wait. I can't wait. And, and I think that, that one will be a little more lighthearted. We touched on, obviously, uh, you know, some more serious topics, but, you know, I thought I was considering doing a solo podcast on this stuff because as I told you, I had a lot of thoughts on this and I have a very like long relationship to Tiger and he's very meaningful in my life. But I, I kind of decided on, I wanted someone to kind of go back and forth with and I wanted someone to bounce, bounce my stuff off of. And, and I'm, I'm glad you had it on. This is going to, I have no idea how this is going to be perceived. This is like nothing I've fucking done before, to be honest with you. No idea. Well, people love Tiger. People love Tiger content. And I think that, I think that's a good, it's a different, I don't think you're going to hear a, a lot of that. I really don't. That whole, listen, again, I don't want to sound hypocritical because I, I don't know what it's like to be in that world. I have no idea. So it's a good angle. It's sensitive. It's like, it's a, it's a, it's a gray area. It's people shouldn't, <laughs> people can't attack that right? because they, they probably don't know themselves. And anybody, that, anybody that is in that, anybody that does have any experience with that, they're going to be sensitive to it. They're not going to attack. It's a good take. <laughs> I'm not trying to play a trump card here. <laughs> I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Yeah. It's not your typical, it's not your typical tiger stuff. And it's, you know, I, I, I don't know. I get, I get a little fired up and people take that different in different ways. Some people find it entertaining. Some people find it very, very obnoxious. And I apologize to those people. Uh, just trying to have a good chat about Tiger Woods. <laughs> and I hope that I hope that people respect the respect the the views. And everyone is entitled to their own opinion. And if you have an opinion that you want to share, hey, start a golf podcast, man. Everybody's doing it. So you can you can start your own show if you want. People people know people know the deal with us too. I'm not really in the stage of my podcast anymore where I'm like I have to focus and care about growth and and try and monetize it. You know, it's like I have my listener base. My listeners like me for who I am. They know what they're getting when me and you are on a podcast together. I mean, for God's sakes, we did 45 minutes on Xander winning the Olympics, right? Four in the morning. So people, yeah, yeah. So people people know what the deal is. So we will, as I mentioned, me and Nagos will be back. I, I think we played, I think we made the right move, right? Could you imagine hopping into the majors now? I think we I think we made the right move. So we're gonna be back on uh that'll we're gonna record it Monday night. That'll probably come out Tuesday morning. Breakdown of the courses, the majors. We're gonna share some predictions. I have some takes. I spent some time on these courses. I'm excited for it. And that's there's been there's a lot of are you I'll ask you this and then we'll get out of here. Are you into the like futures markets with majors. I've seen a part of the reason why I'm doing this podcast is it seems like there's a lot of interest around this time of year when golf slows down to bet into the majors. And I didn't think there was, I thought there was an opening in terms of no one was really doing a podcast where they actually handicap the course ahead of time. And so that's why I wanted to do this. Okay. Yes. I think is the answer to that question. I think that the masters would be the first you know, major futures are funny because no one's bad. No one's like digging to 
don't be offended by this, but no one's like, gee, you know who I really like at the PGA this year? Like, no, everyone's focusing on Augusta. Like, anybody who's making a futures bet now, the futures bet is going to be on Augusta, unless they have some inside track. No, I think you're wrong. Oh, great. Great. I think I think that is the primary focus. You ask me if I uh, have uh, if I dabble. I'm more I, online I than you, you is why I. I, wanna, I listen, I want to tell you something. I was going to yeah. save this for Monday. I'll tell you now. Okay, <laughs> tell me now. Thanksgiving. I have a thing where I play a, the Thanksgiving parlay with the three games with the Masters winner. Oh, really? Yeah, I did you it. Save your pack. Save your pack. I did it in 2019. I had Brooks and Xander. With the I, I I have to go three for three on Thanksgiving and then I have the what well, did you a couple, a couple tickets with you know a couple guys so me and my brother we were talking about it and we nailed the Thanksgiving games man he had the under in the Detroit game I had the Lions we both were on the Raiders we were both on the Bills and we played four guys uh, with those parlays so that's four different parlays and in true Nagel fashion. <laughs> We indiscriminately added the Egg Bowl to the parlay because I loved Mississippi State. And uh, he loved the over because there was going to be a ton of points scored in that game. Mississippi State was going to win. And we had some rain in the first half. And we had that tied. We had we had guys at odds of 200, 200 to 1, 170 to 1, 130 to 1. And we were rocking and rolling after that Cowboys game. And it all went to shit in the Egg Bowl. And we're going to look back at that Egg Bowl because we're pretty sure that the four guys that we picked, one of them, well, if one of them was the Masters, that's going to be like kind of kind of scummy because we were greedy and we, I guess we deserve it. But, yes, we're tying football bets now to Masters odds to get a bump on some of the top guys that we like. We'll talk about it on Monday, and but it's the Masters. We don't look. I'm not looking at Open Championship or. PGA well, that's what I'm. That's what I'm here Open. for. I want somebody. I did a deep dive on those courses, and so I want to like bounce my takes off you. Yeah, well, um, I I have your sheet. I I read that, and I know our my friend Charlie. They live up in Boston. I got a full breakdown on on that golf course, and yeah, if there's an angle there that we're going to talk about on Monday, like. Yeah, we can maybe exploit that because we got specific courses. The Open Championship's tough. This is a preview of your preview, but the Open Championship really tough. tough this year. Yeah, you don't know what's going to happen with the weather and yeah, the Open Championship. You know, you might get a bad draw, and there's no way of knowing that in February or what? What month is it? December. Uh, yeah. It's- so yeah, we'll talk about it on Monday. We'll talk about it on Monday. I'm looking forward to it. We're gonna have a good time. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be uh, great. What do you got to plug? I Talk did about the interview. Just, yeah. I just did an interview with uh corn Ferry tour player, Andy Pope. Uh, we went a little long, believe it or not. <laughs> and uh, it's uh you can find it on my Twitter page at Nagels bagels or my YouTube page, Nagels bagels. It's, I don't like to promote like my own stuff, but I got to admit, I'm a little proud of this. He was fantastic. Uh, if you want to know what it's like to be the life of a, a guy trying to keep his status and keep his card and having a family, of, you know, he's got three kids and a wife and a house and living that life and traveling expenses and factoring things in and 
we talked about a lot of different things and he was he was fantastic. He really I he he did not give me one bullshit answer. And uh big fan of Andy Pope. Shout out to Charlie. And uh, you should check out that interview if you like golf. So, and then, it. and would you have anything else for December? You you're kicking up the live stream again, January. Yeah, no, I'll, uh, for Kapalua okay. tournament champions, we'll start up the, uh, start up my, uh, Wednesday night, Wednesdays at eight DraftKings and gambling show that I've been doing. This is, we're going into year four and we'll, you know, it'll coincide with the uh, start of our uh, one-and-done pools and the DraftKings season-long contests. And I'm looking forward to it, man. I haven't done much this fall. I've been dabbling in some of the uh, fall season events, but I haven't really been getting too involved. I, I like I like to bet on football a little bit, even though I don't really watch half the games. <laughs> so it's, it's a shame, you know. It's a wonder why I don't do I don't do better. But anyway. Uh, yeah, looking forward to January. I had an interesting fall, like in my personal life and I'm like, I'm ready to go. I'm really, I'm really in a good place. I'm really not as angry anymore. I don't know how that's going to affect the show. I don't just don't have this chip on my shoulder. Although I did get a little fired up tonight, but it's a different kind a good, of, yeah, different kind of fired. Up I have a that. different kind of aura about me now. And I, I'm like in a really good spot. I feel great and I'm looking forward to the year and everything else. So yeah, January, Wednesdays at eight, just, YouTube, Nagels Bagels, you'll find me. Twitter, what's your Twitter? Thank you very much. What's your Twitter? Thanks for having me on tonight. This was good. I'll see you on Monday, buddy. I'll see you on Monday. All right, guys, that'll do it for me and Nagels. Nagels, it's good to see you, buddy. Good to see you. Thank you very much. All right, that'll do it for the show. Special thanks one more time to Nagels. Um, If you're not sick of us already, we will be back Tuesday morning breaking down the 2022 majors and a whole bunch of other stuff. Cheers. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.